0: Hi, I'm Michael. I'm one of the pastors at Victory, and I'm also the missions director. As a church, we are committed to answer God's call to reach every nation. I hope this message inspires you to honor God and make disciples. Today we celebrate Easter Sunday. Let's give God a big hand for for this day. You know, it's very special. You know, a lot of people don't understand the impact of the resurrection of Jesus Christ. Growing up in the Philippines, every time it's Holy Week, I thought it was a very sad week. Ever since I was five, six years old, my, fun, my, my recollection of the Easter was that there's nothing on TV except Ten Commandments. All right, Then uh, Tito Bick and Joey are doing drama. No? so it's a very sad time. On Saturday you cannot play because Jesus is dead. No? Pag ka. When you pray, nobody will listen to you. Right? Then you go to McDonald's, Jollibee, there's no chicken, there's no pork, only fish. No? That's why they say fish be with you. Right? So it's a sad memory of of, of, of Easter. And when Sunday comes, since I go to church on a Sunday, the kids would be sent to the playgrounds. To look for Easter eggs. So I had no connection to the cross of Jesus Christ and Bugs Bunny hiding eggs so that kids can find them. You know, so so kaminang you know, and we will look for those plastic eggs with candies inside. And then we will go home and we will say, This is Easter. Egg. Right? So I don't know the message of the egg. With Easter later, we will change that. But that was my recollection of Easter. It was sad. It was Something that we don't celebrate. In fact, even up until now, not a lot of churches are full because of our Asian context. Since it's Holy Week, a lot go, would go on vacation. They would be on the beach, they would go out, they would be in a hotel, they would stay somewhere. And they will not celebrate the Sunday, the Lord's Day in, in, in Resurrection Sunday. And, and that's just because of the culture that we have. No, people are tired, so Holy Week is a time to rest. They're with their families. That's all good as long as you remember the reason why we celebrate this. In fact, Easter should be bigger than Christmas because Christmas won't mean anything without the resurrection, right? When we celebrate Christ's birth, technically, we're celebrating it not because He came, but because He died and He resurrected from the grave after three days. So what we want to do today is to give us an appreciation of this holiday, of this Holy Week. And why as Christians, we need to love Easter Sunday, that it's the Resurrection Sunday, and why this is very central to our belief and to how we live our lives. That's why the title of our message is, Of First Importance. Because Paul, the apostle, actually wrote that this is, of all the things that I'm going to preach, this is of first importance. So if you have your Bibles, turn it to 1 Corinthians 15, and we'll go through the whole uh, chapter of 1 Corinthians 15. It says here, Now I would remind you, brothers of the gospel, I preach to you, which you receive, in which you stand, and by which you are being saved if you hold fast to the word I preached to you, unless you believed in vain. For I delivered to you as of first importance. Paul was saying, this is so important. Not only is it important, it is of first importance. What I also received. And what was that message? That Christ died for our sins in accordance with the Scriptures. When, when Paul wrote this, he was saying, if there's something very important I need to preach to you, what is the central message of our faith that makes us distinct from all the religions of the world? It's this. Very important. Okay. Christ died for our sins according to the prophecies in the Scripture. The implication of Christ's death You know, growing up, we we look at the cross and we say, why did Jesus die for me? Jesus died in my place. I I, I cannot understand that statement. When my kid's teacher would say, you know, instead of you being on the cross, Jesus died. I could not understand the message. That Jesus died for me, why, why would He die for me? What was the implication of the death of Jesus Christ? Why is the cross a symbol for Christians all around the world. In Hebrews 9.22, it says, Indeed, under the law, e- almost everything is purified with blood. And without the shedding of the blood, there is no what? forgiveness of sin. You know, before, when people would go to church, they would bring their goats, if you have a budget. If you, are, if you have no budget, you bring pigeons you would go to church. So church is not like this. No, Church is very noisy before. When somebody's preaching, somebody would say, meh. Okay? Okay. It's loud, right? And then after, the priest would then offer those pigeons and goats so that my sins would be forgiven. When Christ came, Christ said at the cross, one of His last words was what? It is... Finish. You don't need to do it anymore. I became the ultimate sacrifice. That's why today, nobody's bringing goats and pigeons to church. Because you don't need to. Somebody died for our sins. And that's Jesus. With the shedding of the blood of Christ, there is now forgiveness of sin. So when He shouted, it is finished, what happened? The veil that covered the Holy of Holies to the people, was torn in two. And then what? We can now enter the throne of God with confidence. The throne of grace with confidence. In short, the Bible tells us we are now all priests unto God. You pray to the Lord. You don't come to us like there's no long line every day of the week. And you all, uh, Pastor, please pray for me. right? No, you can go to God because of what Christ has done. It is now finished. You have now access to God, 24/7. Right? Sa tagalog, pwede ka ng lumapit kay Lord anytime. Di mo kailangan ng pastor. Christ's death made it possible for all of us to be forgiven. That God would cleanse me of my sin. There is now forgiveness. That's why when we do communion, when we drink of the cup. What are we doing? We are acknowledging Christ's death on the cross has now forgiven me. I am now worthy to drink the cup. Right? Imagine that. That's a very powerful Christian liturgical tradition for us to drink, partake of the cup. It is us saying, Lord, you died for me. Now I can come to you and even drink of the cup. I'm worthy now to drink of the cup, not because of how good I am, but because of how good you are. In Romans 5, verse 6 to 7, it says, For while we were still, what? Weak. At the right time, Christ died for the ungodly. For one will scarcely die for a righteous person, though perhaps for a good person, one would dare even to die. So Paul was saying, now if you're a bad person, who will die for you? Nobody. But maybe if you're good, somebody will volunteer to die for you. But the Bible says, while we were at our worst, while we were still sinners, Christ would die for me. In verse 8, but God shows His love for us in this, that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. Who among you here, you are in a relationship? My boyfriend, girlfriend, or asawa? Raise your hands, okay? Right? Imagine if you're in the courting stage, not yet married uh, state, no? And your boyfriend comes to you and, and honey bunch, I will be faithful to you for 360 days. All of me, you get but for five days, give me time to cheat on you. What will the wife say? Marshmallow, why would you do that? Right? So, grabbing the term, they're very sweet to each other. Right? So, imagine you telling your wife to be, I'll be faithful to you for only 360 but five days, I'll sin against you. I will hurt you. I will cheat on you. What would you do? We will get so offended, right? How, how dare you? You're not worthy of my love and commitment because you will cheat on me. Romans 5 tells us that when Christ entered into a relationship with us, He knew our very state. While we were still sinners, worthy of hurting, cheating, and manipulating God, God says, I will die for you. That is the cross. The cross is the ultimate symbol of God's love to a very rebellious people like you and me. But God says, you're worth dying for. You are my beloved. Hebrews tells us, He endured the cross scorning its shame why for the joy that was set before him us who would do that who would be crazy enough to do that only god that's why when we sing amazing grace my tears effect right? <laughs> oh, god loves me so much why would he do that why would he die for me Because He loves us so much. The cross is the ultimate symbol of God's love. That's why I like it when sometimes the cross would have Jesus there. It reminds me, somebody died for me. That's the cross. The symbol of God's love. In verse 4 it says that He was buried that He was raised on the third day in accordance with the Scriptures. So Paul tells us, here's of first importance. Christ died according to the prophecies of Scripture and that He was buried and then He was raised on the third day according also to the prophecies of the Scripture. Paul now talks about not only the cross, he talks about the empty tomb or the resurrection of Jesus Christ. Very important. Because the cross would mean nothing without the second part, which was Jesus rose from the grave. What is the implication of Christ's resurrection? What does it mean to me now that Christ has risen from the grave? Right? How does it affect my own life, knowing that Christ resurrected? Now, before Paul made his argument, he tells us this in verse 5 to 7. Then he appeared to Cephas, then to the twelve. Then he appeared to more than 500 brothers at one time, most of whom are still alive, though some have fallen asleep. Then he appeared to James, then to all the apostles. Paul was saying, and this was their context, he didn't have to prove the resurrection of Jesus Christ. Now you Google evidence of the resurrection, they'll give you scientific evidence. Evidence, Biblical evidence. But during the time when he was writing this, there was nothing to prove. You guys saw it. Most of you saw it. Some have fallen asleep. But majority saw Jesus. I don't have to prove the resurrection. We've seen Christ in the flesh. He appeared to us. So this was not something that was controversial before. But to explain the resurrection, that was the hard thing. Among you, if today, you'll say, you know, before I died, after three days, I rose again. Wow! Sana all, diba? Wow! Scientifically, you cannot explain. Paul wasn't being scientific on us. He was just saying, well, a lot of people actually saw him. And let me give specific names to prove to you on the record that he appeared to Cephas, to James. There was one time he appeared to 500. All at the same time. Okay? So the thousands of people saw the resurrected Christ. So Paul was not even defending the resurrection. But he was about to explain to us why Christ needed to resurrect. Last of all, As to one untimely born, He appeared also to me. For I am the least of the apostles, unworthy to be called an apostle, because I persecuted the church of God. He says, He appeared to me also on the road. Before, if you say that you believe in a resurrected Jesus, I will persecute you. I will drag you. We will stone you. But now, by the grace of God, I am what I am. And His grace towards me was not in vain. On the contrary, I work harder than any of them, though it was not I, but by the grace of God that is with me. Paul was saying, the Lord changed me before I would kill somebody like you. But look at me now. They're stoning me to death. They're putting me in prison. I'm one of you now because I saw the resurrected King. And I fling my life towards this. So Paul was saying, Wow, because of the resurrection, I am where I am today by the grace of God. You were afraid of me. And, I, and now I write in chains to encourage the church to worship this king who is alive. Paul was making the case that Jesus lived, died, bur- and was buried and resurrected. For all of us. And because of that resurrection, grace is made possible for sinners like us. You see, if Christ did not resurrect from the grave, the cross means nothing. It's like a symbol of love that's empty. Parang. If Christ did not resurrect, it's like, oh, Garun lang, oh, tapasamalana. It's like watching a video of a poor family and then you give 20 pesos. Oh, it has no effect on our lives whatsoever. It's just a moment of emotions. But Paul was making a case. It's not. It changed me, the worst of all sinners. I was changed because of the resurrection of Jesus Christ. Grace is now made possible for somebody like me because the cross now makes sense because of the empty tomb. It's like somebody singing a love song. Pero wala ka love life? It's empty. Yeah. Who among you, you love singing love songs, but you have no love life? Right? It's like that. It's like worshiping a song to a dead God who doesn't even hear. So Paul was saying, He's alive. So all these actions that I do have meaning. Verse 11. Whether then it was I or they, so we preached and so you believed. Now if Christ is proclaimed as raised from the dead, how can some of you say that there's no resurrection of the dead? Christ rose from the grave. There's nobody in the tomb. How can you say there's no resurrection of the dead? But if there is no resurrection of the dead, then not even Christ has been raised. And if Christ has not been raised, then our preaching is in vain and your faith is in vain. What was Paul telling us? Paul was telling us, if there's no no resurrection, our faith is useless. Why are we here? Are we joking ourselves? That's why we go to church on a Sunday. To sing to a dead God? Why am I preaching? Why go through the preaching? Why study the letters? He's dead. Everything is useless. There's no resurrection. Why do Christians around the world do it? There's no meaning to it. That was his only argument. If there's no re- resurrection, it's sayang oras ko. We're fooling ourselves. We are even found to be misrepresenting God because we testified about God that He raised Christ whom He did not raise if it is true that the dead are not raised. Then this is all fake news. The the song that we sang earlier, He is risen. Ah, That's all fake. It just has a good tune. That's why we're singing it. For if the dead are not raised, not even Christ has been raised. And if Christ has not been raised, your faith is futile and you are still in your sins. Doesn't make sense. That's why Jesus had to give you a glimpse of the resurrection. Remember Lazarus? When Lazarus' friend died, Mary and Martha DM'd Jesus and told Jesus to come. Ano sabi ni Lord? "Ah, My friend Lazarus died, but I'm still working here. He stayed two more days and waited for Lazarus to decay. And when he came, John 11, he was late. Ano sabi ni Martha? Jesus, if you were not late, he would not have died. But Jesus said, "I'm doing this for my glory. Lazarus, come forth." Buhay! He was thinking, yet he came alive. It was a glimpse of the resurrection. What did Jesus say after? I am the resurrection and the life. Jesus was showing us it is possible. But Lazarus died again. So, people are saying Lazarus is the first born again Christian. Because no? he was dead, then he came to life. But he died again. Jesus died, resurrected, and lived forever. So Jesus was showing us a glimpse of the resurrection power. No resurrection means the crucifixion of Christ was for nothing. That's why He said, no, 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 it's a glimpse of what I'm about to do. Then in verse 18, then those also have fallen asleep in Christ have perished. If in Christ, we have hope in this life only, we are of all people most to be pitied. If Christ did not resurrect, we are to be the most pitied people in the world. Oh, oh. That was the case. But if you change this, if in Christ we have hope in this life and he resurrected because no resurrection means no hope for the world. No hope. Imagine this, a life without hope. Did you know that the very concept of hope lies in this doctrine of the resurrection? If you would imagine with me a life without a resurrected Jesus, a life without God. Imagine lang natin, five minutes lang, no God. (laughs) When you wake up, what are you living for? With so many promises of the world without hope. Just imagine the last two years, COVID without hope. How will life look like? You wake up every morning knowing there's no hope for me. The very concept of hope is found in the resurrection of Jesus. That's the only reason we can hope. Because Christ rose from the grave. I've known so many people have all the money in the world without God. One time, I was discipling somebody who's a very rich 30-year-old Chinese guy. He was new in church. No, no God. And I said, Brother, what is your goal in life? He tells me, I want to be rich. No, no, no. I said, take money out of the equation. You have all the money in the world. What do you want to do? He looks at me with all seriousness and tells me, I want more money. <laughs> no, 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 no. You don't get it. No need. You have, you're swimming in money. Money is your toilet paper. You flush it down. What's your goal in life? I want more money to provide for my family. I know you love your family, but you have all the money. So what? I just want more. So I said, can I be your son? (laughs) (laughs) No, I I really said that. but, But I was pointing out a truth. When will it end? Because it will give you no meaning. On your tenth car, you will realize, I need a driver to drive one car. How many clothes do you need? How many Chanel bags do you need? Channel one, channel two, channel three. (laughs) How many? What would satisfy me? But without hope. Imagine life without God. A world without God. We will wake up every morning doing what? Trying to buy everything I could to fill me up because there's no hope. That's life. And then with all the riches of the world, you will hide all of it because somebody might steal it. That's why Jesus warns us, do not lay up for yourselves treasures on earth where moth and rust destroy, where thieves break in and steal. But that's life without God. There's no hope. Bye, bye, bye. Nothing. Sickness comes, can't bring it all to the afterlife. That's a life without hope. Imagine nations where there is no God. The war that we see now, at its very core is what? I need more power. And I will do whatever it takes to go to war and destroy lives because lives, people's lives have no meaning. I just need more power. That's life without God. Every day you wake up operating in that system because there's no God. But I want you to see also that today, all around the world, millions of people in the persecuted church who's given up everything are in church right now worshiping the Lord with smiles on their faces. And declaring all that I ever need, I already have in Christ. Hope. Take away hope. What do you have? Nothing. And we will do the best we can to numb our feelings with material things and power and fame. Because there's no God. So, my ultimate goal is to be one of the gods of this world. It's a sad life. And a lot of people are living that life. You know, sometimes I wonder how, why many Christians, there's a disconnect with their faith and their lifestyle. Like, oh, you're a Christian, I didn't know. Yeah, I'm secret. <laughs> He's my personal only. Lord and Savior, right? <laughs> I didn't know. Yeah, 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 It's private. Okay. Why is there a disconnect? And I think it goes back. Maybe there's no underst- right understanding of the resurrection of Jesus Christ. Because if you live life with hope, you will understand hope gives us meaning and purpose. But without hope, we go through as what Solomon said. You know, Get all the things of the world and then declare at the end of my life, everything is meaningless. Verse 20. But in fact, Christ has been raised from the dead. The first fruits of those who have fallen asleep. For us, by a man, that's Adam, came death, by a man has also come the resurrection of the dead. So Paul now makes a distinction. Remember Adam? Who ate the forbidden? Apple or banana? What was the promise? You will be like God. (gasps) I will know what is good and evil. I will create my own morality and my own system of how the world should be. A life without God. Death came. But the Bible tells us, Paul makes this argument and he says, but through that one man, Jesus. So the resurrection of the dead, what happened? For as in Adam all die, so also in Christ shall all be made, what? Alive. Resurrection gives us hope. Resurrection <laughs> gives us hope. Paul could not explain scientifically the resurrection. You know, our science teacher, living thing, non-living thing. Non-living things cannot be living things. A dead cannot come to life. That's the very backbone of our faith. But he and the thousands of others saw Christ resurrected. And this gave hope to Christians to live out their faith. In fact, in 180, AD, there were only 25,000 Christians. When Jesus resurrected from the grave and thousands saw the evidence of the resurrection, they started spreading out in the midst of the government killing them and persecuting them if they preached the gospel. For 200 plus years, they lived in fear and darkness but continued preaching the gospel, because they saw, they encountered, and they've experienced the hope in Christ. In 310 A.D., before Christianity became the official religion of the world, the government that killed Christians made Christianity the official religion in the world. There were 20 million Christians. When the church understood The implication of the resurrection. Wow, we have not only love, but hope. Let's go. The world needs to understand the love of Christ and the hope that is in Christ. It's not a personal faith. It's a public declaration of what Christ has done for me. Let's be the church. And they started spreading out. But consider the context. Christianity at that time was not a recognized religion. It was a banned religion. There were no church buildings like this with kids' church facility and smoke machines. The scripture was not canonized. There was no book that the scholars studied. Okay, this is the accepted manuscript of the Bible. They had to do oral Transfer of the Word of God. No leadership trainings. Okay, we'll make you a disciple. A four-week class. There's no master class. The standard of membership was so high that if you follow Jesus, you can die. And Christianity spread like wildfire. So opposite of what we see today. Of people consuming the faith but never giving it out to their loved ones and neighbors. When we understand resurrection, aha moment. Wow. This changed me. This will change the world. Resurrection gives us hope Even in loss It gives us hope That no matter what happens To the Philippines After the election There's hope Why? Not because This person won Or this person Because Christ Is alive The church will continue Whoever becomes president There's hope resurrection gives us hope resurrection gives us what a reason to live to wake up every morning with a reason to live john 10 10 the thief comes only to steal to kill and destroy jesus came that i have might have life and have it what abundantly an abundant life life brimming life to its fullest Jesus said, I'll give you that life. Not a life without God, but a life with resurrection power. It will give you a reason to live. Simon Peter answered him, Lord, to whom shall we go? You have the words of eternal life. This was John 6. Jesus preached about suffering. In John 6, 66, the 666 verse of the Bible, thousands abandon Christ. God looks at Peter and tells Peter, Peter, will you also leave me? ni Peter Lord, where will I go? You have the words of life. If every Christian can declare this with all their hearts, where will I go? Money? Money will never give me life. Love life will never give me life. Only Christ can give me life. Resurrection gives us a reason to live. Gives us a reason to hope. That's why in Ephesians 1.8 it says, I pray that the eyes of your heart may be enlightened in order that you may know the hope to which He has called you the riches of His glorious inheritance in His holy people. Paul was praying, I pray that your eyes may be open so that you may have hope. You know how powerful hope is? Super lakas ng hope, ah? We have COVID, right? For the longest time. But you look at the political rallies, Go, let's meet that. We don't there's no COVID. Why? We have hope of a political savior. That's how powerful hope is. What's the platform of every presidential candidate or mayor? Change. Hope. For the past. How many years? Hope, change. Hope, change. Hope, change. Really? Really? If we look at it, when we don't believe in the resurrection, there will be no hope because humans have failed us. Leaders have failed us. It's in Christ. I pray that you might see I'm not saying don't be politically active. Please do. That's part of your job as the citizen of the Republic of the Philippines. But know who your source of hope is. And lastly, resurrection gives us a mission. I want you to see a verse that we always memorize and read but I want you to see an angle here that's very different Matthew 28 verse 16 then the eleven disciples went to Galilee to the mountain where Jesus had told them to go when they saw him they worshipped him but some doubted eleven the last day of Jesus Jesus tells them go to the mountain did you know that in the Bible every time Jesus tells the people to go to a mountain there was something revolutionary that's about to happen. When he declared that I am here, that the kingdom of God is here, repent, his first preaching was on a mountain. When he fed the 5,000 with five loaves and two fish to announce the miracle power of God, he did it on a mountain. In the very last day, Here on earth, Jesus called them to the mountain. Because he was about to say something very powerful. Now that you've seen that I am alive. Jesus came to them and said, All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations. Baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit and teaching them to obey everything I have commanded you and surely I am with you always to the very end of the age what did the lord tell us you have a mission it's called the great commission all authority is in me I've over I overcame death I'm alive nothing's gonna stop us now I've overcome every obstacle satan thought i was defeated i'm alive thousands have seen me alive now i give you a mission the resurrection gives us a mission to go and make disciples of all nations to teach them to walk in the way of the master and say this is the way to go why do we have church The church never stopped Even during the pandemic When a lot were afraid We opened the doors Why? Because if the doors Of a church that believes In the resurrection Is closed Where will the people go? Throughout history It has always been the church that has its doors open. And that translates to your life in your homes. It should always be open. Why? Resurrection. Hope. You should be the most friendly, hospitable, God-loving, God-caring people in the world. Whatever labels that the world has given to you and me in the church, we're one. In the church, we pass in the presence and the love of God. Why? Hope. Everybody's welcome in this church. And that's how church was designed. Why? The mission of God. How about you? Understanding the resurrection would make us think, Lord, why am I here? Why did you save me? I do hope and pray it would not be a transactional relationship with the Lord. You go to the bank, cashier says, hi, you give your money, bank book, return, done. Transaction. A lot of Christians live that way. Hi, Jesus. Transaction. Hmm. There. Right? Free coffee. mm Hmm. Yeah. Go out. It's not. The faith is not lived that way. It's lived in the everyday with a mission in our hearts to go to share the love of Christ in words and in deed so that they might see. You know, our Our end goal, really, is not to save people. Only Jesus saves. It's our goal. Our mission is to inch people closer to Jesus. and Show them Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. So when Paul preached, and I want to end here, this is of first importance cross, a symbol of love. The empty tomb, a symbol of hope. Christ's death, love. Christ's resurrection, hope. Put your faith here. That's why in the Bible it says, faith, hope, and love. But the greatest of these is what? Love. But it's all connected. Faith, hope, and love. Imagine, you you just go around living your life this way. My faith in Christ, my hope in Christ. I'm loved by God, therefore I love others. The Jesus Creed preaching that I made uh, uh, two weeks ago. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength. And love your neighbor as yourself. That's it. So good to be a Christian today. Faith, hope, and love. Father, we come to you. Lord, we're thankful. Thankful for the resurrection of Jesus Christ. Lord, today, millions around the world from the persecuted church of China in the Middle East. Lord, to the joyous celebrations that we would see in Africa. Lord, to the churches in Asia. Millions are coming to the Lord's house today to celebrate the resurrected King. Jesus, you're alive. Lord, if you, Lord, thank you so much. Lord, if you were raised from the dead, is there any problem too big for the Lord? So Jesus, I come to you. Lord, we want to receive the hope, the reason to live the life and the mission.
1: Amen and amen. Thank you for
0: joining us. You can visit victory.org.ph to find a church, join a victory group, and give online. Thank you for partnering with us in discipling the city, the nation, and the world through your generosity. For more messages like this, you can subscribe to this podcast through Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and wherever you listen to podcasts.